The MomCast is brought to you by the YMCA of Central Ohio and Sequel Pomegranate Health Systems. Mom! Mama! Mommy! It's the MomCast with your hosts, Mindy Dreher, Michaela Hunt, and Stacy McKay. Mom, I need you! Welcome back to another MomCast, everybody, and welcome back to school, students, and staff. Do I sound like a PA system? Yeah. You kind know, of do. You're yeah. doing a morning announcement because you know that's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's what that's what people heard a few weeks ago. I'm sure. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna put out a guess that each one of us probably did morning announcements at one point in time in our school career. Stacy is shaking her head. I did. Yes. Yes. You did. Okay. Yep. Did high you? school? Yes. High I did school. in junior high and high school. I want to say. Yeah, I did as well. Of course. And you know See, what? Look at us. My kids have done it now in middle school, and maybe they'll do it in in high school as well. It's kind of evolved. Isn't there like channel one and all this other stuff where now like announcements have video, which we did not have. No, we didn't have any of that stuff. It was like literally microphone, PA box on. (laughs) You know what else most schools have? What? Mean Girls. And that's one of the things that we're talking about today. And and you two, I mean, you have these young women that you're raising that are going to have these experiences and probably already have had a little bit. It's hard. It's hard for them. And as a mom, I'm sure you've had some conversations already. That did it... you guys have mean girls in your high schools growing up? You did, stay. Oh, we really did. And I was not, I was so not in the it group or the popular group. I was not. Okay. At all. Uh, my dad is a minister and the church was literally right across the street from the school. And so it's I like was not. like your mom not, being a teacher, basically. Yes, I was not in the cool group. At all. Um, I was an athlete, but beyond that, and I was in drama, those two things. I mean, the athlete part was cool, but the drama wasn't at the time. And there were some really, uh, they were just mean girls. I mean, that was just something that I I dealt with. And I was not even, I, you know, I, sometimes I think they didn't know I existed, actually. And look at you now. Look at me now. There you go. <laughs> but I worry about my daughter. I mean... That kind of stuff seemed to start in kindergarten, I want to say. In kindergarten? And it, really? It, yeah. It, it's hard. It hurts my heart to even think about. It. And so we have had the conversations about, A, you know, experiencing mean girls mm-hmm. and B, not being a mean girl. Because I think those are the same. You have to have both of those conversations. Yes. You know, you can be the recipient of that. I would never want to just assume she's not being mean. I want her to know and understand kindness and being kind to other people. So Mindy, did you have here's Mindy, like Miss Westerville cheerleader, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean that was you. Did you have mean girls at your school? Did you know them? Did you interact with them? I was king of the mean girls. Mindy, no, don't I'm say just I was kidding. Say, don't say it. That will totally oh change my, my viewpoint. Are you kidding? No. I, I honestly I don't really think we even had mean girls. I really, I don't. And maybe I live in a bubble or maybe I didn't see things that way. But, you know, I really, really love people. That's my number one love in this world. So maybe you didn't see the mean girls. And maybe I didn't. They were there, but but maybe you didn't see um, them. Gosh, I just feel like I had, you knew everybody, not just in your class, but in your school. I really don't know if we had mean girls. We had a definite division. Like our class was extremely close. And we didn't necessarily get along with the girls, you know, below us because we thought our class was the best. But we weren't mean. You know, we just, we kept our, we were the best class. And so we didn't 
Deal with uh, anyone we, else. We, we, we call them the F-Pack. What does we that call mean? the class or two below. They were freshmen. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I was, before I was you totally made me realize yeah, we called them the F pack, because, and they were kind of. And the reason we called them the F pack is these freshmen when we were seniors were Mean Girls, and so we called them the F pack. I think they might have ended up calling themselves the F pack too. Just interesting what you said about that kind of age yeah. difference. What about Cammy? I wanted you know, to ask I about that. I am so so fortunate with Cammy because she is such a strong, independent little girl. I have been in the halls of her elementary school when I witnessed her sticking up for a little girl who was crying because she was basically, I hate to use the word bullied because I think it's so overused today, but there's no doubt these girls were just on this this young girl's case. And Cammie just stopped in the hallway. They were coming in from, from recess to go to lunch and stopped in mid-track and said, listen, and she called out the two girls' names, if you don't have anything to say about so-and-so, then don't say anything at all. And these girls just kept walking because no one's going to mess with Cammie. She's just a strong, independent. Um, so well, and I think it's important been, for kids to be like that. Right. She's been a champion you have of the to underdog. Tell them to do that. And she has done that. Now that she's in high school, she has known these older girls, the seniors, juniors, sophomores, all her little life because her dad's there. So she's always been a part of Hartley, and they've just taken her under her wing. I think maybe because. The older girls have always looked out for Cammy that she does the same in return. And that's how it works. That's very nice. I wonder if today, I, I hate to even say this, but I wonder if girls are meaner than they used to be. I feel well, like why there's do you think more they might be? I feel like there's more of an outlet because of social there's media. No, that's how you can easily attack people. And yep. so I think it's gotten a little more frightening. Well, there's no doubt because there have been suicides. Because of being attacked on social media, that world can get so, so ugly. And you talk about painful. Some of the things that these kids go through, and it's out there for everybody to see. And it is very hurtful, and it has been fatal. And that is just messed up. Well, and whether you love the movie or not, how many years ago was the movie Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan made? I mean, it is constantly still on. TMT, CMT, it's on all the time. And some people idolize Regina George. There are some people who are want to be a Regina, and there's other people that want to be Lohan's character. And I think, I mean, yeah, you may like the movie, but did the movie, you know, perpetuate? Like, as Instagram is kind of coming up and Insta stories are moving and all these collages, like, have we kind of perpetuated this about 10 years ago? Well, we are so thrilled to have Sequel Pomegranate Health Systems, uh, a part of MomCast. They have been such a great resource for us and on so many different topics. And so today should be no different because we're talking about Mean Girls and had a few laughs about it. We have Executive Director Angela Nickel with us. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Mean Girls, I I have to tell you, um, for me, this is something that I lie awake at night this is one of those things that that upsets me or I obsess over or I worry about because I don't know when I need to intervene and when I need to step back and I think there's something to be said for letting kids kind of work things out on their own Um, I find my daughter tends to be a little standoffish and she'll give me little comments every once in a while oh I'm left out of this or someone said this to me and a lot of it I think is just normal interactions with the girls but sometimes 
I'm not so sure. How much as a parent, first of all, how do I wade through that and find out what I need to be concerned about or when I need to even get involved? Well, we have a saying about, especially girls, finding their people. Like, who are your people? Like, who do you have common interest with? Do you want to be a part of that? Or is it just something that everybody else is? And that means you also want to do the same things they're doing, which at what? How old is she? She's 11. At 11. That's pretty standard. Um, Like the shiny object, the shiny object group. Exactly. But then you really start talking to them about really what their their interest and what she enjoys and what she wants to do um, and finding and then ask her, you know, who else enjoys that? Who else do you have interest with? And of course, you got to break your language down. Like, what are your common interests? No, but asking them, what, <laughs> right. you know, break it down a little bit on what, yeah. what you know, you guys like to play with and who else likes to play with that. And try to find and really get a bond with those people. Because if, you, if you're if you trying to force your way in and they don't want you there right now, you know, tomorrow they probably will. So don't don't let it get to you. Don't let that be bothersome to you. And I think we have to really observe our kids when it's going on for a long period of time. Or where you're really seeing it's affecting their natural um, mood and character because they're being affected by school. That's when I think you need to intervene and talk to the teachers and get some more insight into what's really going on. You know what, Angela, when my kids were younger, they would come home from school and tell me absolutely everything, anything and everything. But I have noticed the older they get, you know, now that they're both in high school, um, they reserve telling me absolutely everything. You know, there's things that they don't want to tell mom. So what what do moms look for if because there could be a case where some little girl is being treated terribly at school but doesn't come home to tell mom or dad about it. So how is a parent supposed to even know? How do you, what do you look for? I think that's when the communication and everything goes back to communication. And I know that's hard for some people because not everybody was raised to be really open and to talk about things. You know, you talk to your friends and say, you know, when you talked about when they first started their menstrual cycle and demonstrating things and they're looking at you, you did what? (laughs) Well, they don't know what they don't know. So if you don't really break it down to them and talk to them and make sure they know that whatever you tell them, you still love them unconditionally. If you act shocked about everything or you're being punitive when they do tell you things, that's going to build a wall between you and your child because they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to tell my mom that because this is how she's going to react or she's going to storm up to the school. So my daughter's first reaction is you're not going to go to the school about this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then I have to be like, okay, if it's not your safety, you know, we have terms like this is when I'm like, no, I have to intervene. And other times I'm going to let her work it out herself. So, Stacy, right now, kind of given where Liv is and, you know, Mindy's explained where Cammie is, is she having those conversations with you where you would know if there were mean girls involved? Yes, I think she is. She's telling me things. But this is where I think it's tricky for parents, or at least for mm-hmm. me, when you know exactly to get involved, because a lot of it for me, I can process and say, OK, you know, you might have been left out of this thing or you might have been chosen last in this situation, but let's take a look at it. And we have that. Okay, well, it was a certain sport. That's not your thing. <laughs> you know, I will tell her that. Now, if it comes to, to it, not you know, yeah. math or geography, would you get picked like that? Well, no, I wouldn't. Okay, so everybody has their thing, even your friends. But when it comes to, in other words, I guess I would be more concerned if it were nobody ever talks to me at school or when we're out on the playground or have free time, you know, nobody's discussing anything with me or, you know, I heard so-and-so had a birthday party and all the other girls were invited. I mean, 
Are we on the right track with that? When do we, and even at that point, how do we get involved? I mean, you can't force your child on other kids, right? Right. I think you're handling that perfectly. I mean, you're opening her up and you're reminding her of the strengths and the fun stuff that she does do well and that thing she would be picked first. Um, because it's not all about being everything. You, not everybody's going to like you through life. Not every, you're wait, not going to like wait, everybody. Right, I know, like I'm Unless sorry. Unless you're Mindy, then everybody will. But. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Mindy's no. very opinionated and that's gotten Mindy in a lot of trouble. So teaching that lesson early, especially in this society where when you look online, you feel like you can have everything and be everything. I mean, it has changed since we were growing up. So it sounds like open conversations um, and then reminding them of of this for a kid. How do how can you tell if they're kind of ruminating too long on a situation? You've had the open conversation You've um, said that's not your thing or this is what you're good at. And think about like, how do you know when something is wrong, when they're depressed and when they're overly anxious about what is going on and you can't do anything to change the kids that they're surrounded by? That's when you really start to see those normal behaviors and normal um, things that they like. They stop doing Um, spending more time alone, um, you know, in their bedroom, um, constantly just wanting to watch television, not wanting to join into other activities, getting invited to birthday parties, but not wanting to go, um, really monitoring nutrition, you know, not eating as much, not really just being themselves. If they're a happy-go-lucky kid, you see a shift in that. Um, if they're, you know, a little bit more of a introvert and they're, you know, you see them even be more introverted where they're now they're not speaking to anybody. So anything that is out of the norm, is where you start to get a red flag. And we're so busy in our lives, sometimes we don't realize that they're not doing the normal things anymore. Mm-hmm. So it really takes a lot to like slow down and insight and for somebody else to be like, hey, well, you're kidding. And you'd be like, let me think about this. Because, you know, you might just think it's a mood and not realize you've said that 10 times in the past three weeks. A lot of kids will rebel against their parents. And that's kind of a sticky situation. Let's just say, Angela, that there is someone we absolutely know that we don't want our son or daughter to hang out with. Do you as a parent forbid them to hang out with them or even a boyfriend or a girlfriend? You know this guy or girl is not right for your child. Do you as a mom forbid them from dating them or hanging out with them? Because if you do, they could do it anyway and they could really rebel against you. But then we know as parents, get their bad news, you can't go there. What do you do? I am back to always assessing if they're at risk, their safety. Then you're really thinking about how mm-hmm. do I handle this situation? We, my husband and I just had this conversation last week. She wanted to go somewhere, and it was with a senior. And she's a freshman. A freshman. Right. Freak out oh, moment. Boy. Right. I got chills. I got okay, chills so, again thinking so about it. So what you do? You follow You know, them. my husband, of course, who is a rebellious <laughs> kid, said, uh, you know, if we say no, she'd do what I did and went go anyway and, you know, take the consequences later when you get home. You know, it's easier to apologize than to ask permission type of mentality, mm-hmm. um, which I know my precious daughter would not have done that. <laughs> and Aren't they all precious when they're that age? You know? Yes, yes. God love them. <laughs> and on the flip side, you know, do we allow her to go and to experience things and to be a part of that? And, and we ended up saying no. 
Um, and we explained why. And we were very, I, it was back to a safety thing for me because the game that they were going to go to is out of town. It's on backcountry roads. And I'm just very concerned about, I wasn't concerned, I'm as I said to her, just hearing that. <laughs> I wasn't concerned about her making poor choices. And I wanted her to know that. I'm not concerned about you choosing to do things you shouldn't do because I think you have a good head on your shoulders and you know right from wrong. But you don't have control over a car and other people driving and the safety of a newer driver. And that is where my concern comes in. And she was able to understand that. Now, there are be, there's going to be some kids that they don't care that you broke it down. I mean, every child's different. <laughs> yeah. And they're still going to be angry. Um, and then you just have to work with that child's personality. You have to continually, you know, communicate and be open to them and help them understand why that you're saying no. But make sure you do allow them to do other things and give them those opportunities to see, well, you know, you were able to go to this and I dropped you off here and you were able to go to this party. And so that they see that my my parents not being difficult. They're not they're not always a hard no. There's going to be some times that they're going to allow me to do things to be fun. So I'm naive because I have a seven year old and a five year old boy. So I'm not quite there with some of this yet. But I know one of the things that we wanted to chat with you about today had to do with sexting. And in relationship to this conversation that we're having right now, are these mean girls, are these it crowds, are they the ones, I'm just going to ask, are they the ones that are sexting or is every, like what, how prevalent is this, Angela? Like, is this the, is this happening in the crowds that we should be worried about that we're trying to have conversations about with our girls and boys or is it everybody? Like, I feel a little naive. Wait, I'm going to put my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 <laughs> <'Cause I'm> <laughs> because I'm afraid. <laughs> everybody is at risk no. of doing it. Everybody. Every teenager. And if those parents out there listening are thinking, oh, not my child, you take off your blinders. Stacey and I. Yeah. <laughs> take off well, your no, blinders. That's, that's No, I, I don't feel that way. That's why I wanted to plug my ears, because <laughs> I think as parents, we all at least need to open ourselves up to that possibility. That someday our precious baby <laughs> could get involved in that. So it doesn't matter if you're the cool kid or if you're the kid. This is happening. And so I guess I, I get it. I mean, so I get to a degree of why <laughs> adults talk about it and why it happens. I, I, not that I agree. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, oh, yeah, they do this. <laughs> but uh, kids, though, why is it happening? Oh, that is a good question. I mean, I'm, that's a large question, too, right? But, I mean, when did it become okay? When did, Why do they think it's okay to do that? But go back and think, what what did we do as kids? You found, you know, a boys, I'm sure, found their dad's dirty magazines, and they looked at them, and they weren't supposed to. They, you know, I'm sure there was things that girls had slumber parties and did things exploring and things that they probably should not have done. No. Times have changed. <laughs> I was such a prude. I oh, my too. God. But you know what? Now it's access and, and, and availability. It's Every there. kid has cell phones now. Yeah. It's so easy for them to snap a picture and send it. Little do they know, once they send it, it could go all over the entire school well, and beyond. Well, and it doesn't even need to be a cell phone, even a computer at home um, with Skype and all of those things that kids have access to. That can happen. And I think kids forget that, you know, oh, Skype is live or I'm, you know, it's out there. It is out there. And that is all about educating, educating, educating. I always tell my daughter, my main goal is to make sure she doesn't make, she's going to make poor choices, but that she doesn't make a poor choice that changes the rest of her life. That is my goal, to make sure that I give her 
enough education and instill in her enough that she realizes something like that in a picture and you know she's like I've heard it a thousand times and you'll hear it a thousand and one (laughs) (laughs) once it's out there Mm -hmm. it's out there now where is this cloud I don't know there's a cloud everything (laughs) right how do we know if funny business is going on I mean like how do we know if this is something that's happening and what age should we expect to start seeing some of these behaviors happen with classmates if not our own kids There should never be an age that your child has any type of electronic device that you're not checking it. Yeah, I was going to say, I check everything my daughter might have, and I can't imagine when that will stop other than when she leaves my house. No, I know that's probably pushing it a little bit, but I've already made that clear. I get that whenever I want, and I'll stand Right. right over her, and she's cool with it. And I do the same thing, and my kids are older. And they've told me, Mom, you're the only mom that does this. When are you going to trust us? When are you going to give us our freedom? And I have also told them, it's not I don't. It's not that I don't trust you, but I don't know what other people are sending you. And I am always going to be on top right. of it. I may be a little overbearing, and maybe I'm a little much too much into their world, but they're my world, and I'm not going to risk it. I'm just not. Absolutely. 49% of teens post something they regret. Oh. 49? 49%? 49%. I'm looking at this stat, too. 28% of teens sent nude photos, 46% text with a picture. What today, in, in today's world, is the number one issue that these teenagers are facing? I would say, oh my goodness, there is so much right now. I mean, there's the bullying, there's the abusive relationships, I think that's that's a big mm-hmm. one right yeah. now. Boyfriend, girlfriend abusive yes. or at home. Mm-hmm. Abu- okay. And it's usually a pattern. Um, you know, I I know moms that are concerned right now. Oh, I, I'm reading her text and I'm seeing things that she's saying to boys that make it sound like desperate. And these boys aren't saying nice things back. And how do I instill in my daughter that this isn't acceptable? And, you know, you you are worth more than this and your self-worth and your your self-esteem, and how do I lift that so that you don't feel that it's okay for boys to talk to you in a certain way that's disrespectful. And then the same thing, you know, I have a son teaching him respect. Like he sang a song the other day, and my daughter stopped him and said, that's not respectful to girls. Don't ever say that again. He was like, okay. Wow. So you go, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like shut it down. You're right, though. It starts at home. And we as parents have to teach our kids to be respectful of everyone else. That's just the way it is. Because I really think in today, they're so easily attacked. And it's such an angry world. Everyone's so in your face and argumentative. Take a step back and and try to be just the opposite. Because our world today is, it's crazy out there. It really is. Okay, let's just take a break for those that um, have known Sequel Pomegranate Health Systems is, has been a great resource for us. Explain now, these are things that we can work through with most of our kids. Absolutely. There are situations that you deal with that parents are wringing their hands and saying, I'm not sure. This is something I know how to deal with. I need an expert. What does a parent do if, okay, we're getting beyond some of these issues we just talked about and it's really problematic? My first recommendation is always to start with counseling. Um, you can call in and get a, a an appointment with a therapist. Um, you know, if medication is needed, then they'll refer you to our psychiatrist. But start with counseling. I recommend every kid go to counseling. It is somebody else 
to listen to them, to give them good advice that is confidential um, and less, you know, it's safety, of course. But you have somebody to bounce ideas off of if you don't have that good supportive relationship with your parent. And like I've told my friends, some of us aren't good at it. We're not good at wanting even to hear some of the things that they need (laughs) to tell us and our reactions, even if we try, show that. So give them that outlet. Give them somebody to talk to. Um, And then you you get to the steps where you have kids who are so extremely traumatized, um, rape, molestation, um, you know, any type of sexual abuse, of course, physical abuse, trauma in the home, um, even things like, you know, the hurricane going on in Texas. Mm -hmm. Kids are going to be severely traumatized by that. Everybody reacts differently with trauma. Some might go back to their normal routines, like, and, and it's just a very bad memory. And others may cling on to things that are unhealthy for them to learn because they don't know how to cope healthy in a healthy way with it. So everybody's different when you get those type of kids that don't know how to have healthy coping skills. That is where you start looking at more intensive treatment. Some of the treatment obviously will last longer than others because of the need. Absolutely. At Sequel Pomegranate Health Systems, your success rate is fantastic. I just want you to let parents know that even in the worst case scenario, what no matter what they're going through, to never give up hope. Absolutely, because you know what? That is where you get kids who don't bounce back. If they don't see or have a support person and don't know that you have hope for them, then they are hopeless. Hopelessness is the bottom. We never want a child to get to the point where they feel hopeless. So you have to sometimes when they're down or depressed, give them that hope and remind them of where they are in life and what what their self-worth and how much you love and care about them. I, I found that there has been in conversations I've had with people, whether it has to do with anxiety and depression with children or attention concerns. I've had some conversations that have been kind of uncomfortable about the stigma of medicine, too, with these children. Is that something that you all have to address? And and what would you tell parents from an expert point of view? Because I just feel like there's there's a lot of judgment out there in that zone by parents to other parents, dependent on what they think is needed or they think, no way, you shouldn't put your kid on anything. What, I, can you give us some perspective on that um, from where you sit? It is a huge battle. Um, society has a huge stigma on counseling, even um, seeking help for mental health issues, um, behavioral health, um, medication, all of that. And, you know, that's part of why we do things like this and reaching out and, you know, having this great audience that listens to the MomCast to help break that stigma, to let people know if your child has diabetes, you wouldn't ignore, you wouldn't ignore it. You wouldn't not take them to the doctor if they're not able to um do things that are healthy and are going to get them to lead a healthy lifestyle and be functional, then why would we ignore that? If they, you know, are having problems with their tonsils, eventually you have their tonsils taken out. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say if you're on medication now, you will be on it for the rest of your life. But even if you are for the rest of your life, so what? We take vitamins every day. (laughs) So what's what's the, what is the stigma coming from? Why is that such a negative, um, feeling when people say, oh, my daughter's on Prozac or Zoloft. Oh, they can't deal. Well, no, not everybody can. And that is a fact. I bet more cases than not, whatever you're going through, if someone's listening to this right now and they're going through a very difficult time, chances are you're not alone because everybody goes through something. 
And sometimes you just need something during that time. Mm-hmm. Going through, you know, as adults in a divorce, um, as a child going through your parents' divorce, going through a move, going through, you know, anything traumatic, something even changing a school. That some kids are so serious about a breakup, too, a boyfriend-girlfriend sure. breakup. That's devastating sure. for some kids. Absolutely. Some kids do not take those things well at all. And that is a way to say, you know, where you start watching their patterns. You start looking at their Twitter. You start, you know, what are they tweeting? Um, when you see Instagram with the sad poems, those are all. Is a sad, is a sad poem a thing on Instagram? Is that a sign? Yes. Like you said that, and I was like, well, what is that? So yes. do, is it like a quote or a poem that's they, posted? They've picked a sad, you know, poem or lyrics, something to say, you know, oh, um, you know, I'm not in a good place. I'm not in a good place. But in a very, very descriptive way, given what they choose, I'm sure, depending Absolutely. on their selection. Those quotes, I mean, not to say that you need to be a detective, but it kind of helps if you put on your detective hat. <laughs> They're saying something. All of their Facebook posts, their Instagram, their tweets, they're saying something about what they're going through right now. For someone that would like to find out more, SequelPomegranateHealthSystems.com. Um, they can just kind of go, they can't just call you directly. I mean, they need to go through a, a doctor or a counselor, but they can at least go and look around. Correct. We have a great website that has a lot of information, sometimes just healthy or helpful resources and things out there for you. Um, and then there's also ways to get in contact with us through the um, the portal of forms and things like that and to just get you started on the process. I would say better safe than sorry. You know, better better try this than not because the alternative could be horrible. So why not? If, you, if you're really thinking about, you know, seeking out a counselor or something, why not just try it? It could really be life-changing. And start early. Start early. Don't wait until you're to the point where you're like, oh, wow. You know, in retrospect, I should have started, you know, a year ago because now my child, I'm hearing they're, you know, smoking pot and they're drinking. And I saw red flags a year ago and I ignored it. We went to high school orientation and we're sitting there and the principal, he had a great speech. He did a wonderful job. But he was kind of talking about some parents get lazy during high school and they kind of like, oh, you're getting older. And I was like, look, I wanted to be like, who does that? Because they Isn't think this that the their time? job is done. I guess. Yeah. Oh, because I, I can't wrap my Not head here. around no that way. concept. Me either. And, I, and at one point, I beginning. thought, if anybody in this room needs to hear this speech, that ship has sailed. Like, we need you to get on board. But, you know, and I sat there. But it was, and, and I thought, once again, Angela, not everybody does what you do. It would, probably was very helpful. But this is the time you have to be in tune. Once they turn that 11, 12, puberty is evil. It's evil. It is evil. Once they start going through puberty, Things change and shift in hormones. Stacey, you, you say this like you're starting oh, to know. It just, yes, it just every day. Yes. <laughs> There's, you know, the little every girl day. to the big girl. You know, that, that transition I'm seeing every day. You know, so many things that are a little, they break my heart. And then at the same time, they make me smile because I'm excited for her future. But you're right. I feel more, I need to be more vigilant. But know what's going to happen and be there for them. Because especially for the girls, it is a very tough time. I wouldn't do it over for anything. I mean, and I tell my daughter that. This is a tough time. And one day you're going to look back and be like, huh, yeah, that was rough. But I got through it. We are so glad, Angela, that you are our fourth mom here today. So thank you for being the fourth mom here on MomCast. I mean, for the expert that you are and for Sequel Pomegranate Health to be such great partners for MomCast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate being here. 
So I've really kind of been assessing our schedules with back to school, and it's really, Marcus and I need to get to the gym. Like, we've got to go. But I think with just such a busy family schedule and no family in town, I feel like I have to come up with some alternative ways to get active. Do you ladies, do you do some things sometimes that not really like working out, but what you would say like working up a little bit of a sweat with family? Do you do anything, bike rides, stuff like that? Um, Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one better. I hope family goes to the gym together. Well, YMCA Columbus, um, YMCA of Central Ohio, who is one of our partners, has this excellent way to be able to work out with the whole family. And there's five ways to work out with everybody. They have it posted on their website. It's an association news and event. So if you go to their homepage, ymcacolumbus.org, and scroll down to the bottom, you're going to see all these different ways. And Mindy, some of these are going to apply right to your family. Stacy, you and I could pick up on some of these. Okay. Okay. Like taking a walk. (laughs) And um, I don't know about group exercise class, but they also say that volunteering, depending what you do, is a way to work out, which there's a little blurb on that. So I thought that was interesting. So, what about family dodgeball? No, no, (laughs) oh, yeah. So, play play a sport is on there. So, that would be Mindy's crew. So, anyway, if you're looking for ways to get active but feel like your schedule's crazy, there are ways to do it with the whole family. Just go to ymcacolumbus.org. Check out this whole blog about this ymcacolumbus.org and work out with the whole family. Oh, my goodness. An insightful show. Very educational for, I'm sure, so many listeners out there. Uh, You know what? Don't be afraid, though. Don't be afraid to to find help. It's out there. You might as well seek it. And as always, you can find MomCast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you listen to podcasts. One of those places is iTunes. And we hope you found something that you can use this week. I mean, that's what MomCast is all about. We hope you have a great week. 